What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a jam-packed edition of the Two Buck Sports Podcast. You know, Drew, I, I look forward to this night every week, and I think I need it this week more than any, man. It's just been one of those weeks. You know how they go. Uh, but, Drew, welcome to the podcast, sir. Glad to see you here tonight. Yeah, Rusty, glad to be here. Uh, you know, there's one thing about holiday weekends that are great, and it's you get an extra day off. You get that Monday off. There's nothing better than a Monday off. However, there's nothing worse than a Tuesday after being off on Monday because whatever your Monday normally is just got compounded like 20x of what 100%. your typical Monday is. I don't know if people just wake up Monday morning thinking they should work but aren't, and so they just start thinking of things that they need to be doing tomorrow and start calling me. I don't know what it is, but Tuesdays after a holiday weekend are brutal, and it even spilled Oof. into Wednesday today. Yeah, man, 100%. It's just, and, and for us, we had a hurricane last week, so we were recovering from that. We had the holiday week. We had, it's just been a, it was a cluster. And I'm grateful that it's Wednesday. We're on the downhill side now. Two more days to the weekend. Oh, another dang. round of college football coming back this Saturday, man. It's gr- I'm glad that college football is back. And really enjoyed week one in what was some, some odd matchups. But uh, we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Always start off with our segment brought to you by some unknown sponsor. I'm going to do this every week until we get somebody to sponsor and this segment. This this unknown sponsor is also not known by us either. And it's not a surprise for all of our listeners, an angel donor by any means. It is just a blank space in this podcast in which you or your business can throw a chunk of change at the two bucks here and have us and bring us this segment that we like to call Bucks Best and Bucks Beef. That's right, man. It's, we're like Taylor Swift, man. We got a blank space, and we'll write your name. But all you got to do is let us know what that name is, and we'll do it, man. Shout out T Swizzle. I did not but, uh, have T Swizzle on my bingo card, my two bucks bingo card tonight. Me neither, man. That one just came up out of nowhere. So that, that, that's what you get for this unedited redneck raw podcast. It just kind of comes off the cuff. So yeah, Drew, we'll, I'll let don't you start. Put to, unedited redneck raw in the podcast description. No, <laughs> please, no, no. please don't. <laughs> that that brings a target audience we're not trying to, yeah, no, to no. acquire. No, <laughs> that may be my uh, hashtags for the week on Instagram. That's the, that's the January six, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't want people in here. We we just want normal Americans like yeah. you and I. Yeah, it's patriots. <laughs> that's it. Down the middle. That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> All right, Drew. I'll let you go first, man. What's your Bucks best or beef for the week? Um, well. My Bucks beef happens to be another tragedy, and it is the death of one James Buffett, the the sailor himself. Uh, you know, I was not, you know, growing up, you know, I remember my dad listening to uh, the Jimmy Buffett tapes, and, you know, we listened to um, Cheeseburger in Paradise and Margaritaville and, you know, all the hits, you know, um, Volcano. That was one of my favorites, and even my niece and nephew, my dad taught, my niece is a nephew, Volcano, and just around the house, you just hear a bunch of six and seven year olds going, I don't know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. You know, it's just fun to sing if they got a cool rhythm to it. Um, but Jimmy Buffett passed away this weekend, and as I grew older, it seemed like what my dad liked about Jimmy Buffett became a lifestyle for my father. You know, he was very much a uh, an escapist. You know, that's what mm. Jimmy always, you know, there's something powerful about music. It can make you remember ancestors. It can make you, you know, fall in love with somebody. It can make you sad. 
it can. Jimmy Buffett found a way to make it take you to the beach. Jimmy Buffett's music teleported you to where you had your toes in the sand, and it don't matter where you were at. And that's you know, my dad's always been a guy that on the road, you know, some with work and just always needed needed to find a way to escape just a little bit. And Jimmy was that guy. He went to nine Buffett concerts. My mm. mom had been, went with him to eight of them, and. So yeah, pour one out for Jimmy. Uh, I hate that my my beef every week it seems to be a death, uh, but it it hit home, uh, especially my father. So thoughts of prayers to my father, Andy Gann. If y'all just think about him, just just send him an email, send him a text message, check on him. Uh, he's he's doing pretty good, but uh, you know it's he is one of those famous people that you can know, only know by one name. You know, everybody knows Buffett. There's only one Buffett, just like Prince or Elvis or all these. Buffett is one of them, and we lost a legend last week, this weekend. 100%, man. I agree. Uh, I read this week that Jimmy Buffett took being a beach bum and made a living out of it. Right. And that's a very accurate description. Uh, like you said, his songs take you to different places, and he has songs that, that matter. So, you know, Come Monday is one of my favorites. Uh, Pirate Looks at 40. Like, there's a lot of songs that have some meaning. I like Boat Drinks, you know, different songs right. that really stick with you. But if you had to give me your top couple of songs, we talked about doing like a Mount Rushmore. Right. What would be your top Buffett songs? Uh, Nostalgia-wise, I know this is a hit, but uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise, because that's the one I remember singing the most as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um a pirate looks at forty. You you mentioned that one. Uh, that's my dad's favorite song. I'm pretty sure he will have it played at his funeral. <laughs> um, Come Monday is up there. Uh, if I had to think of one more, um, Fins. Fins is just a party Fins anthem. Fins is solid. That's uh, a great song. You know, man. us being Rebel fans uh, and them seemingly half-heartedly adopting a land shark for a season. Uh, before that fell on his face, my dad was always he got a Twitter just so he could tweet at Ross Bjork, whoever the athletic director was at the time. Most of the time it was Ross Bjork, saying, "Y'all want to do your land sharks? Do a fins up cam, play fins by Jimmy Buffett, and make everybody do the fins to the left, fins to the right." You know, and yep. uh, he he wore them out. They never they never came along to it though. <laughs> yeah, man. For, for me, you named a lot of mine. Margaritaville is definitely one of the. It's a hit, but it's a classic. Everybody knows. Boat drinks come Monday. Son of a sailor. I really like Changes in Latitude, Changes in Attitude. Just a great song to end your workday with. And Drew Weather even wrote is a song. here, Wish You Were Beautiful. Took it right out of my <laughs> mouth, man. He wrote a song about you, oh. Weather is here and Wish You Were Beautiful. Yeah, I should have known that was coming because every time you step on the beach, you send me a picture of your toes in the sand and say that exact same line. <laughs> That's it, man. I quote Buffett to you all the time. Yeah. And you stole my thunder. It was a great punchline well, coming. I'm glad like I did, said. considering you were taking shots at me. R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. I'll say our, our uh, friend of the podcast, I feel like he gets more shout-out, no free shout-outs than anybody else in the podcast is Mr. Lauren Massey, him and his wife. Happy birthday to Miss Stacy. Today is her hey, birthday. They're birthday. down cel- celebrating in the Keys. And they're at Fat Tony's today, the bar down there that, that a lot of celebrities frequent. And they have a tradition there, Drew, where they retire the bar stool of people who have passed on to the great beyond. And so he sent me a picture of Captain Tony's. It's down near the water and they retire barstool so there's one for Ernest Hemingway there's one for John F. Kennedy there's one for Harry Truman there's two new ones recently one there's a Mike Leach one and now there's a Jimmy Buffett barstool so uh, RIP to the great Jimmy Buffett if these people don't keep dying 
don't quit, Don. They're not going to have any seats left in the bar. <laughs> I mean, that's it. These celebrities that sit on these bar stools, man, they lose them, I guess. Uh-huh. So, um, my Bucks beef for the week is Ticketmaster. Oh, you know, are we going on our Zach Bryan spiel here? Yes, man. Like <laughs> one of my favorite artists, trying to get tickets for him today. It's a freaking nightmare. There, you know, last year he did a solid for his tour last year and used a company called Axis A X S, where all the tickets were seventy five dollars. You pay seventy five dollars, you got a ticket, and that's how it was. And if you didn't want the ticket, you could only sell it back to Axis for seventy five dollars. And there was no massive markup. No, it was brilliant. Bootleggers, you know. Nope. It was clunky because right. it's a new system, right. but. I will take clunky over what happened today trying to get tickets. So jumped in the queue 15, 20 minutes before tickets went on sale, and I was like 6,000th in line in Greenville, <laughs> South Carolina, Boston, Massachusetts, and Tampa, Florida, because that's where Jason Isbell is opening for him and definitely want to see that. By the time I get in there, man, floor seats are $324. Anything in the lower bowl is at least $250. And they ain't a soul on this planet I want to pay that much money to no. go see. Not a soul. And then I found some in Boston for $50 where I'll be sitting up there ducking airplanes. It's at Gillette Stadium. Oh, wow, yeah. <clears throat> so I, I, I'm – and I went to check out. And when I clicked check out, I was in the middle of something at work, had a lot going on today, and it didn't – Confirm. Oh no! And I lost it. Those those were like fifty bucks, but they right. were again up there touching airplanes. So I did not get my Zach Bryan tickets today. Shout out to Ticketmaster. He released an album last year called All My Ho- called All My Homies Hate Ticketmaster. Consider right. me a homie because lost out on tickets today. I can get tickets. They're going to be a massive markup. One of my coworkers got some to the Greenville, South Carolina show, so I've at least got an opportunity to go see him. But I really want to go to Boston, see our friends at the podcast in Boston, Jake, Aaron, Ryan, all those guys up there, um, and see Jason Isbell. So I want to see if I can find some, but the markup is already massive, man. There's already floor seats going for five, 600 bucks a pop. So they were selling resale tickets before they even sold out of the original tickets. On Ticketmaster, because it's a bunch of bots right. for buying them up, right. and that's what happens with Ticketmaster. You know this: a yeah. bunch of bots buy them up, then they mark them up six, four, five, six hundred percent, and then people buy them, and it sets the market, so it just keeps going from there. Yeah, I uh, I got, uh, I guess it was a ten game, ten home game pass to the Grizzlies a couple <laughs> years ago, and they did all theirs on Ticketmaster, and, and it is kind of friendly for that. You know, I bought my season mm-hmm. tickets; I could sell them right there on the website or on the app. Uh, it was handy for that, but it is just absolutely pathetic for trying to purchase single game tickets or single event tickets. Mm, it is, man, and it's just it's clunky. Um, the queue is awful. I'll take clunky and cheap versus clunky and a massive markup. Right, I'm with you. Well, my bucks beat uh, my bucks best of the week is very spiteful, but you know that I take fantasy football very very seriously, and I love the fact. I don't love the fact. I don't root for injuries. But I love the fact that it seems to be that I'm going to make it to opening night tomorrow night with both of my fantasy football teams completely healthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rarity. Uh, It is. My heart breaks uh, at least 25% for the people in my league that got Cooper Cup or got um, Travis Kelsey. But just 25%, because mainly the other 75% was like, okay, good, it wasn't me. Sucks to suck. Uh, have fun at the bottom, loser. <laughs> that's the that's 75% of me. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent, man. I feel for the Travis Kelseys, the Cooper Cup owners of the world, where these guys are having some health issues at the eleventh hour. Like we're coming up to kickoff, and your guys are dropping like flies. So, shout out to those guys. Uh, I, I'm with you, Drew. I've got one. George Kittle is undisclosed injury, but we're back and forth. I think he's going to play. Um, but it is nice that the NFL season is here, and 99% of my fantasy football team is healthy. Yeah, so in our league, our boy Flex, Patrick Jones, is the owner of Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey, he went in the first round, too. That's going to be our boy Aaron Ivey. I almost, <laughs> dude, I was like, I was going to take Travis Kelsey at the last second. I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a homer pick. I took Derrick Henry with that 11th pick. Yeah, he made it all the way to 12, which would have been a huge value Shout for I Kelsey. Know. Then he gets I almost hurt. took him at 11. And, you know, in the back half of the season when he's healthy and, and getting, getting his bag, I'll probably regret it some. But went with King Henry because my gut told me to, and I'm glad I listened to it, and it wasn't just gas. Yeah, your heart told you to. That's it. My heart told me to yeah. tighten up, baby. Um, yeah, my Bucks best of the week, man, is the low hanging fruit. It's, it's college football is back. Drew, my Saturday, I got up, got a little workout in, did some cleaning around my condo, and then I started cooking. And I made all the game day foods. I made sausage balls. I made buffalo chicken dip. I made chicken wings. Did you have a party or something? Taylor came over, we hung out, we had a good time, watched some football, came over kind of a last-minute thing, but um, just kind of low, like kept some food going. It was good, man. It was a good time to eat. It was a good time to watch football. Buffalo chicken dip, chicken wings, sausage balls. What else? I had tamales. Oh, I brought tamales home from when I went home to Mississippi. You get some Dilworths? Dilworths tamales, Yeah, tamales. Hey, Dilworth, Mr. and Mrs. Dilworth, come sponsor our podcast. The two bucks, the the Two bucks, beef and best of the week brought to you by Dilworth's Tamales. It's, got a, what, it's a mouthful, but it's worth it. It's got a great ring. And you know what? Don't um, even pay us money. No. Get, pay us in tamales. Pay us in tamales. <laughs> Those things will be freeze dried and shipped out here. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Um, but yeah, uh, and then I just plopped on the couch and I watched college football all day. I watched. Tennessee, I watched uh, Colorado TCU, then I watched some of the Georgia game, I watched State, then I watched North and South Carolina, like I just watched football all day, and it was the best Saturday I've had in a long time, because college football is back. Yeah, that was the best part, it's always the best part about week one, is it's not always the best matchups, you know, it's not like when week eight or nine, where everybody's in the middle of their conference schedule, you know, that's probably peak of football season along with rivalry week. But week one stretches out for so long. You know, it seemed like two weeks ago you could watch Notre Dame and uh Navy or Army. One of the one of yeah. the one of the Army and Navy. Games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh one of them. Uh playing Ireland. And then mm. Thursday night there was a game and then Friday night there was a game and then Saturday I like you, I got up, we slept in. Uh we had a uh the funeral for Mr. Danny on Saturday, and so like uh, my mother-in-law kept the kids so that we could go to the funeral without three screaming kids. Um, and so me and Haley just slept in, and we got up and went to the funeral, and then rushed back home. And uh, by the time we got home, Ole Miss kicks off, and then uh, TCU, like you said, TCU and Colorado's kicked off, and and we just sat there the rest of the day, uh, watched yeah. South Carolina, North Carolina. Um, 
I mean, we're going to get into all the games, all especially all the primetime games going on. Yeah. But that's the best part about opening weekend is it's it literally lasts like seven days. Yeah. I mean, you get a couple of midweek games, like you said, Navy, Notre Dame, the previous Saturday, and it just kind of worked your way into the climax of Duke and Clemson on Monday night. It was just fantastic. It was good football left and right. You know, most of the SEC teams handle their business. We'll get into all that here in just a few minutes. But grateful that college football is back, baby. Before we dive into college football, I've been enjoying this stat of the week, and I have a couple quick stats for you. Um, first up, we do baseball stats, mostly what we do, but I have a Deion Sanders stat for you. Bring it on. Is it a baseball Deion's- stat or a football stat or yes? <laughs> yes. I don't know if it's so much of a stat as it's just like a, a feat that has not been matched in all of college sports. So we all know Dion, uber athlete in, in college, right? Played baseball, played football, ran track. Bo all Jackson level athlete. Yeah, you know. 100%. And please, sidebar, since you brought that up, have you seen the interview where they asked Dion Sanders who – the best athlete he's ever seen is? Uh, did he say his son? I haven't seen no. it. But it sounds like something he'd he's, say. He said, and I want to butcher his nickname, but it was something like corn dog or corn. It was, it was something. He said, they asked him, he was like, is Bo Jackson the best dual sport athlete you've seen? He said, well, you know, no. I had an uncle back in the hood. He was a crackhead, and he would run in there, and he'd steal from people, and he'd run down the street and pawn off their stuff to get him some more crack. And watching them moves, then I'd have to go get their stuff back and take it back so they didn't kill him. He was the best athlete I've ever seen. Bo Jackson would be second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least he's got his his uh, his rankings right. I mean, it's yeah. all personal. Shoot, you could yeah. told me when I was eight years old that the best, you know, I guess I was much younger than eight. You know, I was like four or five. Told me like Rusty Witten was the best high school athlete in the world because his senior year he was bigger than everybody but you know i grew up to learn differently but it still left a mark Uh on me you know yeah very impressionable yeah i was very impressionable you know they always say don't meet your heroes and i can attest to that and here you are doing a podcast with one so you're welcome yeah all right so back to my staff so Deion sanders is the only college athlete that played in the first game of a doubleheader in baseball went to the track ran his leg on the track team's 4 by 100 meter, then came back and played in the second game of that doubleheader all on a Saturday. That's pretty impressive. You know, I was Very watching impressive. that Logan Paul fight the other day. <laughs> this is, um, I'm going to tie this in. You just wait. I watched that Logan Paul fight the other day, and they were mm-hmm. they kept talking about Jake Paul being – I can't remember where the fight was at. Uh, but oh, yeah. WWE was like across the country, and he was – he was going to be the first fight of WWE pay-per-view, and he was going to get in a private jet and get there in time to watch Logan Paul fight. And uh, that's kind of what it reminded me of. It was the Logan Paul and uh, uh, what's the the you know the idiot brothers? Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> oh, the Fury was it no, the Fury no, fight? No, the... no, UFC guys, Diaz. Oh, Diaz, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a bona fide idiot. You know, you can tell he's got hit in the head a lot. Mm-hmm. He can take a punch. But anyways, one of those. I digress. All right. So, second stat is a football stat. Then I do have a baseball stat to keep with tradition. Second stat being this is the wildest stat. The Iowa Hawkeyes play football in the Big Ten Conference. They played this past Saturday, 
and they had their first opening drive touchdown pass to start a season. So every year Ever? since this year, nope, it's been a long time. Okay, they had their first opening drive touchdown pass to start a season since 1991. Wow, that's before I was born. <laughs> I was four <laughs> years old. The last time I was first touchdown of the year was a pass. Every year since, it has been a run. Wow. Well, I mean, who's surprised? You could have told me that they didn't throw their first passing touchdown until 1991, mm-hmm. and I would have believed you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's Iowa. They, yeah. It's what they do. Did you see where uh, uh, Son Ferentz, what's his name? Did you see his contract, His the language in his contract? So mm-hmm. they hate him there. They right. absolutely. It Kirk's, it's Kirk Ferentz's son. It's a hundred percent nepotism, and, it's and not he don't want well. and he don't want to fire him. So they mm-hmm. worked the language in his contract this year to where mm-hmm. if he doesn't average twenty seven points per game, then he's automatically fired. Wow! And it doesn't <laughs> say offensive points per game. So <laughs> Iowa, who has always got a really good defense. Mm-hmm. They, fans are pissed when they have like a pick six. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like that player they showed. They had that run, that wide receiver who was betting on games, and he called a pass last year or the year before. He had bet the under on Iowa, and he caught the touchdown pass that put them to hit the over. And when he caught it, he just stops and doesn't celebrate. You could tell his body language is oh, like. No. Mm. And it was he had hit the over when he had bet the under. <laughs> oh man. But he couldn't take a knee. <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. yeah, you can't just like, whoopsies, and yeah. like go down, right? you got to score. Right. You could have so, faked a hammy. I guess so. Yeah, pull that old like like yeah, limp the, and then the go down. Leg. But he scored, and then like he just gets dejected. I watched the video. His shoulders <laughs> drop. His teammates come to celebrate, and you can look at him being like, I just mm. lost $400. <laughs> yeah. Because freaking Iowa covered. <laughs> <laughs> And the last one is our baseball stats. So, uh, two nights ago, yeah, we had a shellacking in professional baseball. The Minnesota Twins beat the Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, 20-6. to And you know what happens when teams get up by two touchdowns? What's that? You get a position player pitching. <laughs> and so, we had Mr. Uh, let's see, uh, David Fry pitched right for the cleveland guardians since 2008 he had the most pitches thrown under 60 miles an hour (laughs) in a game since it's been tracked which is 2008 he had 64 oh my he threw 64 pitches and 64 of i don't know he may have threw more but 64 of his pitches were under 60 miles an hour i'm assuming he went back and throwing Uh 85 throwing meat and just giving up bombs we also had the other most amount of pitches under 60 miles an hour this year on april 22nd 2023 jace peterson Uh threw 29 pitches under 60 miles an hour in an outing and that's your two most since 2008 you know if i was (laughs) the commissioner of major league baseball i would make this change if you get up by 10 or more runs before the top of the sixth inning, the team winning must throw a position player for the rest of the game. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I just do so, position okay. versus position. Yeah. 
So it's almost like the other team's like, come on, hurry up and get 10 runs here. So yeah. so old Albert from left field will come in and throw <laughs> some, some hanging fruit here. That's and it. <laughs> let us get back in this game. Let's make this thing competitive, yeah. exactly. And I love Pitching Ninja on uh-huh. Twitter. Rob Friedman, a phenomenal account to follow baseball fans out there. He loves position players pitching, and there's always great videos. Check out his Twitter feed. There's a lot of David Fry from the other night. Throwing those EFAS pitches that are about 20 feet high, 50 miles an hour, and they just drop in for some like the, absolute uh, meat. My favorite video of all time, this is tangentially related, I guess. It's a baseball video. But one of my favorite videos of all time in Major League Baseball is Anthony Rizzo striking out yes. Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, yeah. incredible. <laughs> that and uh, um, Javi Baez uh, <laughs> running back home to get right. the run down the and went home and first. First. <laughs> yeah. And it allowed a run to score. Yeah. That's the Just best part. The dumbest Against the Pirates. Yeah. That's the one thing we miss, like really miss, about Anthony Rizzo now being in the AL is you don't get him in – and you don't get him and Freddie Freeman against each other because there's that also that great video where he's in a rundown. rundown and he's like, Frederick, Frederick, yeah. Frederick. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay. Anyway, yeah. stats are done. It's time to talk shop. Welcome to your college football week one recap. So we're going to start. We had an Instagram question. Give us your hottest take and over and or overreaction from college football week one. Let's be honest, man. Everybody watches week one with the hopes of I'm going to be biased. Right, I'm gonna watch my team, and I'm gonna take it for what it is. I don't, absolutely I don't watch my team not. that way. I, absolutely I'll not. I, I don't know. No, absolutely I'm, not. I'm We've been waiting for of this. My own team than I am of anything else. Absolutely, yeah. and you overreact. You think everything is the end of the world. Oh, this team is going 0 and 12. This team's going 12 and 0. This guy's winning the Heisman. Like, there's so much overreaction in Week One, and I love it. I'm here for it. I'm like you, Drew. I'm very critical of Mississippi State in Week One. There's a lot of Things we'll get into here in a little bit, but everybody overreacts about their team, and so I asked what y'all's overreactions were. Real quick, and we got a few. Do you of have them. one? Do I have an overreaction? Yeah, yeah, do you have one? I've got one. I think Duke's going to be a player in the ACC. Okay, I mean they. I would say this isn't my bold prediction or anything, but I would say Clemson is terrible. But before I'd mm. say Duke was a real player. Um, I think it's a little bit of both, but like. Everybody, nobody else in the ACC, in my opinion, looked great. And Riley Leonard, that quarterback for Duke, is pretty good. Enter my bold prediction because you're wrong. Mm. I, my bold prediction is Florida State is the best team in the country. Mm. We'll get to that here in a little bit. I got some thoughts on Florida yeah. State. That defensive line they is nasty. nasty. And if Travis Benjamin – yeah, Travis Benjamin, he can stay healthy. Jordan Travis. Oh. Jordan Travis. Yeah, he, look, here we go. We messed it up already. We're <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes in. Let's go. If he can stay healthy, my God. Like, yeah. that kid can just play. Anyway, we'll get to that here in a minute. So, overreactions. Number one, shout-out Susie Conway, listener of the podcast up in Wilmington, North Carolina, co-worker of mine. What up, Susie? Duke is one of the best teams in the ACC. How about that? I, I, right on cue, and I didn't even ask for that. You know, you sent me we, – we like to talk about uniforms and helmets a lot on this podcast mm-hmm. because it really matters. Uh I hated their helmets. I You're don't gonna like be so wrong, English. man. Yeah, so wrong. Yeah, I don't like. I thought English. they were slick. I'm pretty standard, My. right down the middle with helmets. Like you've got, if you got a good logo, stick to it. Um, Duke's got a good logo. They've got good colors. You don't need the old English. I don't like old. Like we fought a war to quit using English things, and so yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and we won that, that's definitely a bold take. That, but, I'll say this: 
the, the hell, I'm a fan of Gothic. I think it looks awesome. Looks really, really good. But um, I, I didn't like. I was talking about this today. They had this little thing above their face mask that I looked up online. It was supposed to be Blue Devil horns. It looked like a mustache. I missed that altogether. It was a little blue, little like look it up real quick. It's like a little round with two little shoot offs right above their face mask, but it straight up looked like a mustache. And I, I text my brother and cousin, and it's like, and are they still gonna root? You're still gonna say these helmets were awesome? <laughs> I, I said the script was awesome. No, okay, not the mustache. <laughs> I'm a fan of the gothic letters, not a fan of the blue mustache above the face mask. I see a profile. All right, what's another one? So, moving right along, Taylor chimed in with a big go Vols. You know, Tennessee looked good. They beat a Virginia team. Defense looked better. Joe Milton needs to hit some of those underneath passes. The arm strength is there. He threw a ball. They got dropped from his own 25 to the other 20, and the other kid just dropped it. Um, I would have owned that man's scalp. Oh, my gosh, dude. I would have broke his (laughs) face mask. but. Tennessee's got the the thing, and and again, it's Virginia. Take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, they're not. But good. Tennessee's defense looked much better than they did last year because they held a bad team to a poor offensive outing. Yeah. Um. If I remember correctly, I was going to look it up here. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, they had a good game, forty nine thirteen over Virginia, and played it in Nashville. Uh, Joe Milton twenty one of thirty for two hundred yards. It's only a six point seven average. And so mm-hmm. it's not – it's very much – you know, you talk about Joe Milton and his cannon and how Joe Milton could single-handedly overthrow Russia, but they're not letting him throw very deep. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, the two that – and he – the problem, he hit two deep balls right in the breadbasket and they dropped both yeah, of them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <clears throat> Especially that one. Again, for those of you listening, he threw it from his own 25 to the other 20, and the kid just dropped it, straight dropped it, hit him right in the hand. They were perfect throws. He just dropped them. So got to figure out some of that underneath stuff. Like you said, 6.7 is not good, um, and his guys just got to catch the ball. Yeah. Uh, what's our next one? Cousin Kirk. Good friend of the podcast. Got a few of them in here. <laughs> I've been waiting. He called me today. so <laughs> I've known I know he was sitting around thinking about it. First one. Dion is great for college football. Game was awesome, but they are not winning the Pac-12. Actually, a very wise take from Cousin Kirk. I agree with him. 100%. Yeah, They're going to win a bunch of football games, but they ain't going to win the Pac-12. You know, much like I said about TCU, I mean, I'm sorry, not TCU, about Duke and Clemson, I felt like that said a lot more about our reigning runner-ups last year of the college football playoff. Uh, TCU lost their coordinator. They brought in Bryles. They lost their quarterback. They lost their best receiver. They lost their running back. Uh, and their rankings showed it in the polls. I think there were 17 or something like that. But even that's mm-hmm. too high. Uh, and so, big props to uh, to Dion, And we'll get to that game in a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I agree. I think a uh, bit of an overreaction there. This next one is one that I have said on this podcast. It's gaining a little traction. Curious about your thoughts, Drew. Cousin Kirk says, Lane Kiffin to Florida. Chomp, chomp. I mean, I i don't really want to talk about this every week. Florida was disgusting this week. Mm-hmm. They, Who did they play? Why am I blanking? Utah. Utah, they lost that's Utah. right. And they lost to Utah's game. backup quarterback. Yeah. It's a freshman backup quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Florida looked bad all the way around. Uh, yeah, 
I do think that Billy Napier is absolutely in danger for his job. He's He is coaching for his job right now. Uh, they're going to have to figure out the buyout situation because they're going to owe him $36 million at the end of the season <laughs> yeah. if if he does get fired after the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say it one I'll say it one more time, and I'm sure I'll say it a thousand more times. If Lane Kiffin feels like a program at Florida at the in the shape that it's in right now is a better opportunity than his own program that he's going on four years building after getting a five star in state guy looking really good, getting whatever transfers he wants for the most part. If he thinks that that dumpster fire is more Attain, is more fun to deal with than what he has single-handedly built and been given the keys for at this program than by. But don't mm-hmm. you don't you let it linger out. I, yeah, that's what Take I'm. Take it or that's don't. What I'm, but, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what I'm waiting on is when this thing starts lingering, what that's going to look like. But uh, it is not in my notes to mention Lane Kiffin tonight. That's the one time I want to mention him. So, real quick though, you mentioned Art Browse and his rough start at TCU. I saw Kendall this. Browse. It's, it's, Come on, Kendall Browse. Man, here we go. I Messed up too. <laughs> Art Browse, he is not the assistant coach. <laughs> no, he's not. He, he ain't, is he ain't assistant coach at a school in Texas, probably. That's it. Uh, high school. All right. So, <laughs> in the vein of coordinators not doing well, whatever their name may be, Chad Allen Morris, former head coach of the University of Arkansas, ring a bell? Yeah. His son is so the listen quarterback to this. at TCU, Chandler. Listen, yeah, listen to this. In 2018, he went two and ten in Arkansas. 2019, he was two and eight in Arkansas, fired mid in season. Right. 2020, he was the OC at Auburn, fired at the end of the year. Right. 2021, he was the head coach at an, at Allen High School. They had an 84 right. game winning streak come into that season, and it was snapped in his oh, first no, game. Really? 2022, he's on staff at South Florida, where they went one and eleven, fired. 2023, on staff at Clemson as an analyst, loses first game as the number nine ranked team. You know, that's where he came from when he went to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He was the OC for Dabo. And he right. was like a hot shot. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. wanted him. Uh, yep. There's now been a sharper fall from grace than Chad Morris. 100%. I'm posting uh, – I just posted to our Twitter account. If you listen, let's go check it out. It's a great little meme. Arkansas, it's the it's the Grim Reaper with the doors, right? He's killed Arkansas. There's a blood trail. He's killed uh, Allen High School. There's a, a blood trail. And now he's knocking on the door at Clemson. So, uh, if you're a fan of the Clemson Tigers, watch out for the curse that is Chad Morris. But moving on to more important things. Cousin Kirk, once again. Spencer Rattler prefers Tide over Game. <laughs> what do you prefer, gain is, gain is all capital. I think he's implying that he's over gaining yards. But I use Tide. I've got Tide right now. Oh, I just get whatever's cheapest. I can't really Tide was on sale. That. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get the but one think, that's in the big orange jug. So, that's Tide. Okay. That's Tide. Okay. Usually, unless it's the off-brand members market Sam's. I'll that's that what I've too. got. It's not off-brand. Members market is great. It is. No, oh, I love going, Sam's. Big Sam's fan. Let's get into Sam's right now. I Big Sam's fan. Sam's. I, Same, man. I cannot. God. I have so much toilet paper in my house that <laughs> I could survive an apocalypse because of Sam's. Toilet paper, paper towels, paper plates. Yeah, yes. And Sam's. then I get me the gargantuan Coke Zero and a hot dog when I you get there. What? And I'm ready to go. So uh, we went. I took my son with me, and we went to Sam's and got a few things. You know, and a few things at Sam's is like $400. And, right. Um, when we left, he was like, I'm hungry. I was like, okay, it's lunchtime. We'll go get some pizza over here. I got a pizza, a slice of pizza, which is like a quarter of a pizza, and a soft drink. And he got a 
slice of pizza and a soft drink. And it was five dollars and seventeen cents. <laughs> you can't beat I it. I called my wife. And I was like, "Honey, you want pizza for lunch? <laughs> we get pizza. I'm getting you." Drew a called me, pizza. asked me if I wanted pizza. <laughs> yeah. uh, you talking about freeze dried shipping food? That's a value right there. A hundred percent. The shipping costs more than the pizza. Yeah, yeah. And it's still cheaper than a normal slice of pizza, <laughs> especially here at the beach, yeah. man. Woo. All right, so your lovely wife chimed in on a couple to give us a break from Cousin Kirkin's nonsense. Oh, Deion no, Sanders oh. is going to be the talk of the season. He already is. Already is. Week one did not take yeah, long. already is. And then the other one is also in reference to Dion. How many more players will jump in the portal for Dion if he continues to have success? Well, I think, you know, he replaced 86 players on that team this year. <laughs> you only got 85 that make the rosters. I don't know where that right. sixth person came from. No, that he, last person came from. He toting the water. Yeah, that, they're going to have 85 on the sidelines at home games, so I'm not real sure yeah. uh, what's going on. But, uh, I mean, listen, there are people who have embraced the portal. You look at Dion, you look at Lane, you look at uh, Brian Kelly, uh, Hugh. Uh, Texas State. Texas, Texas State, State yeah. beat Baylor with the second most transfers behind right. Colorado. And so those coaches that have embraced it and have – Proven the concept will be the coaches that get the players that they want. You know, notably, probably outside of just being a corny youth pastor of a person, Dabo Sweeney's biggest downfall is his loyalty to the players. He, he preaches family, and that's great, and it gets a lot of good high school players. But he does not recruit out of the portal at all, and he cannot fill mm-hmm. any holes unless he, uh, he, just, he is not willing to dive into the portal and and find band-aids and you can see what that's happened here now is he's got you know all of his coach's sons running routes out here and you know a Shipley brother and so he's struggling and so that goes to show you if if to answer my wife's question if this goes well continues to go well and they have a season that is well beyond everybody's greatest expectations he will get whatever player he wants that's Anybody. The, that's the answer. My answer and people was all will of want them. <laughs> to go there. Yeah. yeah. My answer was all of them. Yeah. He will get all of the port, the transfer portals, and everybody else will be getting his leftovers that he right. chose not to take, right. 100%. <clears throat> all right, back on a couple for Cousin Kirk. We're on the wind down here. We've got a few to finish up with Cousin yeah. Kirk. This one, I'm going to read it exactly how we received oh, it. Are you Lord. ready? Okay. Virgin Tech's entrance Gets me ready to assault a brick wall. Hashtag missed opportunity, Uncle Buck. Yeah, so I probably should have put this in my Buck's best. And if my wife listens to this podcast, she's going to be very mad at me. Because uh, I said the best of the week was not having any fantasy football players injured. But actually on Monday, on Labor Day, we had a big party to reveal the gender of our new baby. (laughs) 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 And so... That's actually. <laughs> we'll re-record this unless yeah. you say that. Yeah. So, uh, welcome to the Two Buck Sports Podcast. I'm having a son. <laughs> uh, just plug that in at the front. Um, Got it. But my daughter's name, my uh, our biological daughter, that's a year and a half. Her name is Virginia. Uh, Virginia Drew. We named her after obviously myself, the middle name, and my, the first name being my grandma. And so Kirk has been wearing me out since he found out it was a boy. He was like, "You got to name him." Uh, well, first he said West. You've got to name him West. So then you've got West of Virginia. And so today he called me. He's like, you got to name him Tech. I was like, Tech? Like I was thinking he said Tex. Like, yeah, I was like, 
He's like, no, T E C H. Then you've got Virginia and Tech, and every door you walk into, you should play Inner Sandman. <laughs> like, like, get well, off of our Kirk Instagram doesn't page. miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. He doesn't miss, man. What a great call. Yeah. <laughs> Last couple as we wind down. Butch Jones should be permanently relieved of his duties as any football coach. Agreed. I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, he was crying on the brick sideline. Brick, His player baby. had to pick him up. Yeah. He's going to need a lot of bricks at Arkansas brick by State. Brick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never forget the trash can they used to hold over Oh, my head. gosh. I mean, it was such a fitting. Right themselves. I mean, that's it, man. A fitting UT is the trash can, okay. 100%. Last two. This was funny. This is a great uh, story on the interwebs, on the socials. Riley Leonard denied homework extension through O-line com- because O-line completed assignment in time. Oh, Thoughts. good. Uh, mm-hmm. I would, I would tell my offensive lineman to shut up, not tell anybody that. <laughs> That's my first thought. Is like, uh, don't get me, you know, don't be a narc here, you know, because <laughs> it was it was widely known that he asked for a extension in the post game interview, mm-hmm. and then yep. immediately his professor said no, and so now if it gets done, you know somebody's done it for you, and so just don't yeah. own up to it. Just say prove it, buddy. Yeah, I mean it was a funny is a funny soundbite. Expelled from Duke and not be able to be the quarterback. He's going to get blackballed for having an offensive lineman write a paper for him. And like it, the offensive line is supposed to protect you. You remember that old ESPN commercial? I know you do with Jordan. Uh, what was his name? It, the Ole Miss quarterback, uh, Jordan Tamu. Yeah, Tamu. Thank you. The old it was at Sports Center quarterback where the offensive line was like falling everywhere on campus. And uh, I just remember he goes to take a bite of his food and that one guy like leans in and takes a bite real yeah. quick to try it. Um, the O-line is supposed to protect the quarterback, and clearly in this situation, they did not. Well, I mean, I guess they did, but then they ran their mouth. That's it. You know, he did yeah. protect his quarterback. Uh, he just shot his integrity right in the foot. Yeah. So. And then lastly, he said, sue me, don't actually shout out Brett Favre. And if you're paying attention to Mississippi <laughs> politics, you know what that's about. But this is not a politics podcast, so we're going to leave. That's a quote. Did oh, that's that? right. That's, yeah, 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 I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Because Pat McAfee was named in the lawsuit. He was named in a uh, a libel lawsuit, you know, made, mm-hmm. making disparaging mm-hmm. remarks about Brett Favre embezzling mm-hmm. money from the uh, from the welf- Mississippi welfare. Yeah, exactly. So, so we're going to dive into our week one with what I felt like was the game of the week. Did you see the ending to the Virginia State football game? Virginia State? Was it Virginia State? It was Virginia State. I don't know. You're the one Nor- talking about it. It was Norfolk State and Virginia State. So No, I've never <clears> heard <throat> of these schools. I didn't know there was a Virginia State. I've heard of Norfolk <laughs> State, but I didn't yeah. know there was a Virginia State. So, comes down to the wire. Virginia State's got the ball. All they have to do is run out the clock. It's fourth and like five or six, right? Quarterback takes the snap, rolls out to the side. It's fourth and five. He steps out of bounds. After going four yards. By the way, they're inside their own 10. No. There's one second left on the okay. clock. They go to celebrate, this think is the, the game's over. The six <laughs> Very close, uh-huh. right? So they celebrate, think the game's over. So the refs come in. No, no, no. We got one second, got one second. Well, it's a turnover on downs. Norfolk State gets a chance to kick a field goal to win the game. They line up for the field goal. Oh, Norfolk State goes to kick it, and Virginia State blocks it to win the game. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> what a You're finish. You're talking about a roller coaster. Like, that kid, like, 
I don't know how like you talk about getting left on the tarmac. Shout out Lane Kiffin. Like oh, that yeah. kid gets left wherever. Right. <laughs> he gets put in the Tennessee trash can and left behind. Right. But that is the wild finish of the week. And so kind of going through some of the games, Drew. The first thing I have on here is the Oregon record. Did you see the Oregon duck yeah, set a poor, record? Poor puddles. Oh my gosh. The puddles oh my had a gosh. rough day. <laughs> Because he does seven push-ups for every touchdown that's scored. Yeah, for every right? every point scored, he does a push-up. So he did 567 push-ups yeah, in the afternoon. For those keeping up, uh, the first seven points when it's seven to nothing, those seven push-ups don't count when you get to 14. Mm. You do 14 more and then 21 mm-hmm. more. Yeah, it was a yep. bad, bad day for Puddles. The, the best thing, you know, you and I love that that Twitter account, Sports But Make It Art. I think I sent it to you, and there's the, the, the picture of he's sprawled out, Puddles is laid out uh-huh. with the trainer looking over him, and it's a picture of like a dead duck and a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. my favorite thing Saturday. Yeah, it, <laughs> poor Puddles. You would have to think like after 40 points, you've got to have like a backup. You know, you've got to have yeah. who's, your, who's your second, you know, that yeah. comes in and, and finishes out the game for you. But, yeah, because, I mean, my man couldn't eat breakfast the next morning. Like, no. there's no way those arms were working after no, 546 push-ups. No, he had to stick directly in the plate if he was going to eat. 100%, <laughs> man. And, like, I, I like there's – like, I don't – it would I'd have to go back a long way to accumulate 546 push-ups in my life over a period. I can tell you exactly how long. <laughs> <laughs> 31 years. I ain't got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> There's a time I was doing them consistently, not recently, but it would be a stretch for me to get 546 push-ups, and my man did them in an afternoon. Right, right. So, uh, first game we've got after that, uh, we're going to hit Florida and Utah. This is what started off college football weekend. It was one I was excited about, even though we've talked about on this podcast a couple weeks ago. I was not high on Florida at all. Uh, Turns out I was too high even then. (laughs) Because uh, first play of the game for Utah was a 75-yard bomb. And it never got any better. From a true freshman quarterback that's the backup, not even their regular start. If Cam Redding had played that no, game, it would have been a true hot. freshman. I thought he, he was a he true freshman. He played in a couple games last year. Ah, uh, gotcha. The, the other kid, the change of pace guy, the the runner. Was the f- true was freshman. freshman. Yeah. Got uh, it. But that guy played in one or two games last year. I think one's in mock-up duty, and I think uh, – I can't remember the, the starting quarterback's name. Um, Cam – towards uh, ACL. Cam Rising. He Cam Rising. ACL late mm-hmm. in the year, so he, he started the bowl game, I think. So. Yeah, and so he, he did not play. If he'd have played, it'd have been 48 oh. to nothing. Yeah, he didn't look like a backup quarterback compared to Florida. No. They look slow. Yeah. They look and unathletic. The best Graham, part – Graham Mertz it, is awful. Oh, he's so bad. He could but the best part people in real the quick, Yeah. Real quick, ahead. the best part of that opening touchdown, though, is you remember the receiver's name? No, I don't. Money Parks, baby. We got oh, another money. Right. Money Parks, um, baby. Let's go. Another money. Um, yep. But absolutely, Graham Mertz looked terrible. That offense looked anemic. If somebody it, like they just couldn't. told you what to expect last week, it was me. Mm-hmm. You know, want me yeah. to read the stat one more time for you? Uh, go Graham ahead. Mertz last year against uh, Power 5, against AP ranked opponents. Last in QBR, last in completion percentage, last in interception percentage, and last to pass down a touch, uh, passing touchdown to interstate interception ratio. Five oh, yeah. passing touchdowns to twelve interceptions. I mean, and he looked 
almost worse than that. <laughs> like, he looked the, he looked apart, man. He yeah. was he, he was awful. Like his stat line ended up being okay, but like the game did not look good. And the worst part, it got worse. You know, your All American future NFL running backs, older brother, former All American, current NFL running back, Travis Etienne tweets out to his younger brother. Maybe you should hit the portal and play for Prime too. Yeah, it's bad. Like, yikes, yeah. that's not good, that's man. Bad. Like, whew, that's a bad look, especially when this said running back. I mean, ETN is an incredible running back, and he finished it with seven carries for 25 yards. The only thing worse for than, than the offensive line, Trevor ETN's running behind, is the South Carolina offensive line. We'll get to that more here in a minute. Um, just a terrible, terrible flat performance for Billy Napier, who, as we have already oh. said on this podcast, is coaching for his life. Did you see the breaking news uh, coming out of Florida today? So, uh, Bears rookie second-round pick, defensive tackle, Javon Dexter, who played for Florida Gators, is suing Big League Advance Fund for a violation of Florida's NIL and agency statutes uh, via draft diamonds. Dexter wasn't aware of a clause in a bad NIL deal that he signed. The alleged clause says that he will owe 15% of his pre-tax NFL earnings for 25 years. So for his NIL deal was for $436,485. The NIL deal stands to lose a lot more than that. Jeez. Uh, just nasty, nasty stuff. And, you know, they lost the Jaden uh, Rashada quarterback. Yeah. That was a big controversy over the summer to Arizona Right, State they because they promised him all that money. Yeah, and then they just acted like it never happened. So, yeah. The hits keep coming for Florida. Nothing good's coming out of Gainesville. Swamp Kings documentary was terrible. Their, <laughs> and you their think performance. Lane Kiffin would want actively want <laughs> that job. I don't know, man. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. It's a hot yes, bed. He's got a Florida. He got oh, Florida see, experience. You're just telling me everything that they do is wrong. And I mentioned Lane Kiffin. You're just like, oh, he could turn him around. Like, shut I up. I didn't say he could turn him around. I just said he wants the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing about Based turning on around. Nothing other than my own logic <laughs> or your own logic. So. You All said right, it first. Your on. own logic. Go on. Moving right along. Uh, we've kind of hit on this already. Next game we're going to talk about, man, what a barn burner. TCU, Colorado. It was, I think it's more of a testament because TCU's bad. But, listen, Colorado's going to fit in really well in the Big 12 because they couldn't stop a nosebleed on Saturday. That team was going to be whoever had the ball last won until Colorado somehow got a stop there at the end. Oh, the no. play of the game being that Travis Hunter interception, yeah, just a phenomenal great. play, man. And my guy played – what was it? 110 something? snaps. It was like 88% of their snaps. Heat. Texas heat in September. Yeah. He was the first person in like 30 years to have 10 receptions and an interception in the same game. Right. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. If I could go back in time and put some odds, uh, put some money on Heisman odds for Travis Hunter, it would right. be money well spent at this point. Again, based off of one one game and sure you we can, know the media loves to hype yeah, it up but yeah. and you can say overreaction or not whatever let's just look at it as it is what it is and what it was on saturday was impressive it was jaw dropping yeah. it was yeah. you know the detractors you know the college football purists they always say you know it's about team it's about trust it's about loyalty and brotherhood and he came out in an interview. I was listening to it on the Chris Vernon show last week. I can't quote the the uh, the article, or I'm just going to paraphrase. But basically said, all this stuff, that pe- I don't care about any of it. Good football players win games. I don't care about brotherhood, camaraderie, eating breakfast together. Get good football players in your program and let put them in a position to succeed. 
and where everybody thought that he would at least have a learning curve, he blew the absolute doors off of it. The best way he could have against a ranked team, a team that finished runner-up in the college football playoff last year, it was impressive. And I won't I won't sit here for a second tonight and say what it might mean going forward. You know, maybe it's not sustainable. I don't care. For this podcast tonight, from what I saw on Saturday, it was absolutely incredible. 100%. Travis Hunter looked like one of, if not the best football player. Sanders on Sanders 510 oh passing yards and four touchdowns? <clears throat> it was 518. It was the Colorado record in his first game to ever wear, which, by the way, talk about winning uniforms. Those icy whites yeah, they wore yeah. were so sharp. Colorado's and I'm a fan of all whites. like a low-key, awesome uniform. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, you look back at, like, the Cordell Stewart's and uh, um, what's the other uh, guy that um, – Anyways, the left-handed quarterback, Middle Eastern name uh, from back in the day. I'll think of it in just a minute, yeah. But Mm -hmm. they always had those awesome uniforms. They've got the Mm -hmm. Buffalo. There's things about Colorado that's easy to love, you know, Mm -hmm. that's just always been a doormat, you know. Yeah. Except for flashes. Those icy wipes look so good. Shador Sanders, Dylan Edwards, that little scat back they've got, man, that kid can play, man. Three touchdowns uh, as a true freshman in his college debut. Colorado is not going to win the Pac-12, but they're going to win a bunch of football games, and we'll find out what they're made of. They've got Nebraska this weekend that they're going to beat by 100 points, and then they play Oregon and USC in back-to-back weeks. Call me after that, and we'll talk about what Colorado's going to be. But, I mean, they looked the part on Saturday. Yeah, again, I'm only talking about Saturday. Yes, the schedule gets harder, but I'm only talking about Saturday. Because yeah. that's all it should be talked about right now. Because he's done something that's never been done before, and what most people would have called me a liar for if I told him. Yeah, this and he kept the receipts, yeah. and he called every one of them out at of the course, press conference. And I, that's Dion. Fashion. Yeah, but the best thing about that game <laughs> was the pregame on Fox. They were showing signs, much like they do oh, on College yeah. Game Day. Shout out my buddy uh, Granger Ming, another fan of the podcast. I work with him. He painted Spencer Rattler stepping over Drake May in the Allen Iverson way and made College Game Day's Twitter, Instagram, was on TV. Shout oh, nice. out Granger. It was awesome. Um, I thought you were going to talk about Urban Meyer hitting on the cheerleader. Was that? that? <laughs> I did, which is right on brand. Right after Swamp Kings come yeah. out, it's right on brand. But no, I was talking about the sign that said Dion Coach. It said Coach Prime had more toes amputated last year than Colorado had wins. <laughs> it's true though, <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. So I thought about, it, and then it makes me think about Ron Swanson when Leslie Nope says something about it, nine toes, and Ron Swanson says, "I have the toes that I have. <laughs> I have the toes that I have." <laughs> uh, you want to talk about Lane Kiffin going to Florida? Uh, you think they would take Lane with their first call or call Dion? I think you call Dion. I mean, Dion say no. You, yeah, you call Dion. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Based on and he'll bring, <laughs> he'll bring Shador, he'll bring Travis Hunter, and they'll just do they'll it again. they have to sit out a year. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll do it again in two yeah. years. <laughs> um, next up, man, we had a bullying. Uh, a lot of trendy picks. You know, I picked them to finish second in the West. You had them picked to win the West. Florida State – showed up and took LSU's lunch money from the yeah. jump. They were the more athletic team. They were nastier on defense. They had a lot more speed. Florida State looked the part on Sunday night. Yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels had a fine game, you know, 22 for 37 for 346, a touchdown and a pick. Uh, he wasn't throwing the ball downfield either. Uh, he was also their leading rusher. 
Uh, the net he rushed the ball 15 times from the quarterback position. The next leading rusher rushed the ball four times. Yeah. Uh, but Florida State was absolutely incredible. Like you said, they were more athletic. Uh, the game actually got off to a really good start. Uh, LSU was winning at the half, seventeen to seven. Fourteen. Uh, seven. Yeah, I'm sorry, seventeen to fourteen, and then went Florida State outscored them thirty-one to seven. Uh, the rest of the game, it was just yeah. it was lopsided. I had to go on a work call uh, after halftime, and so I was riding in the truck and whatnot. And by the time I got done, it was seventeen fourteen at half. Got home, and it was. Uh, Let's see, it was 28-17, something like that. Three-score mm-hmm. game. And I was like, mm-hmm. good Lord, what happened? And what happened was <laughs> Florida State Florida just dominated State. them. And I, I said my piece in my bold prediction. Uh, that, that that team, there wasn't a team this weekend that looked better than Florida State looked. And not only that, Florida State, college football is better when Florida State is good. A, B, their uniforms are so, so good. They always look good. They went back to that softer gold helmet for this weekend. They had that darker gold last year. It looked really good, so they looked the part. Um, and you're absolutely right. I'm a big fan of Mike Norvell. He coached in Memphis for a while. He's just a good dude, a good football coach. He's got him pointed in the right direction, and they have some dudes. You know, Jordan Travis looks good. Keon Coleman looked great. For, you know, yeah, Jordan Travis looked for four touchdowns. Uh-huh. Yes, they looked the part. And spoiler alert, we're going to do our, our college football playoff predictions here in just a little bit. Florida State might be one of my four teams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was impressive. You know, I've always been a fan of Mike Norvell. I was a fan of him at Memphis when mm-hmm. uh, we finally wised up and decided to fire Matt Luke. That's who I wanted, number one. Uh, of course, now I love Lane. But that was consensus, even in the athletics department. They were making Mike Norvell tell them no. And yeah. Mike Norvell took the Florida State job, obviously. And then they pivoted uh, yeah. and went for high-risk, high-reward coaching yeah. Lane Kiffin. Um, but Norvell is a dude. He's a man, great football coach. I'm glad they were patient with him because those mm-hmm. those Seminoles are crazy. They were rough. Uh, they were rough those first couple of years as he was working the Kings out. But they look the part. Their schedule is very favorable. You know, um, Southern Miss this weekend they play they don't they play Clemson on the 23rd. They got Duke on the 21st of October. They don't play North Carolina. They wouldn't face them until the ACC championship game. Florida State has a real shot to be a player this year in the college football playoffs. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, the the end cap, the bookend to the college football week one was on Monday night, Labor Day night, the, the weekend, that the day that I introduced to everybody that I was having a son. I, just me, not we, not me and my wife. I just said I, like I could do it on my own. There's not really a proof that I participated in the first one, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest with you. She looks just like her mama. But that's beside the point. Uh, Beside the point. During this game, Duke and Clemson were facing off, and this was the biggest shock I had all weekend. Sure, 100%. 100%. Dabo did not have his team ready. You know, they only only look good (laughs) running out of the field on their little bouncy castles because he called out Duke for how long the walk. Did you see that that, about that? Uh Uh-uh. He called him out for how long the walk was, so Duke decorated with some bouncy houses and oh, castles no. along the way, so it looked as, better. It's fantastic. As if running down a hill is better. It better. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Duke, man, they came out, and the thing is that game could have been worse because Duke turned the ball over quite a bit, which Clemson did as well. But 
Clemson turned the ball over. Duke just couldn't finish it a few times, and then Duke kept trying to give it back to him. But Clemson could do nothing. You know, well, you I know, don't know that DJ Ukulele, 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 that guy. I don't know that he was a problem because he balled out for Oregon State. Yeah. Clemson did not look good. Yeah, Cade Klubnik was like a hot shot recruit, and everybody was clamoring for him last year when when DJ was not being effective. And he, and he is not an efficient quarterback by any means. He's not. He had um, a great game for Oregon State, but he's not a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, the turnover thing is, is not as lopsided as you would think. Uh, Clemson had two. Duke had – or Clemson had three. Duke had two. And Duke exactly. were in – crucial crucial mm-hmm. spots so the mm-hmm. first turnover of the night for duke was a muff punt inside the 25 yard line which right. led to the only seven points that clemson scored and then the oh, last yeah. one was a fumble inside their own red zone in which they just went and got the ball back uh <laughs> clemson just fumbled it right back to him right back so to him. if you're looking at this clemson turned the ball over three times fine but they also got seven points off of an easy turnover and if it wasn't for that that's a 28 nothing game this was yeah. a boat race in all senses except for yeah i mean it's a 21 point win so that, i guess that's a blowout it was the second biggest win as a more than 10 point underdog for duke in their career the in their life i think the number one was like in the 40s <laughs> so, of course like the citadel when, or something you know when wallace wade was still coaching them <laughs> his yeah. name's on the stadium now yeah <laughs> So, I didn't know Riley that. Leonard had eight carries for 98 yards and a touchdown, ran the ball effectively. Duke's defensive line was the most impressive thing to me because they whipped Clemson's offensive line. Will Shipley had no traction. He got 100. He ended up with 114 yards, ugly but yards. like ugly yards. He was very much scrapping for those. Duke's – shout out Duke's defensive line, especially the interior guys. They were working all night. They kept pressure on Klubnik, and they definitely – set up shop in that Clemson backfield and dictated that game. It is all on Duke's defensive line. I mean, they 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 look the part of a good football team. Time will tell if that's more how bad Clemson is or is Duke actually a decent team. I I thought they looked the part. You know, they've got a again, favorable schedule. They played Notre Dame on 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 September 30th and so that's their first real test again. Curious what happens when they play the Fighting Irish. And don't look now. I don't want to be the guy that calls for Notre Dame. But they got that quarterback from Boss Wake, uh, Wake uh, Forest, Sam Hartman. Hartman. Yeah, he's incredible. He's going to be the best mm-hmm. quarterback that Notre Dame's had since maybe Tommy Reese and probably, you know, uh, Brady John Quinn. Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> so he played at Notre Dame, right? Yeah, he did. That's the best quarterback I've seen since Joe Montana. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Duke. Uh, yeah. So then we get into uh, the – the teams that we care tell me, about. Yeah. Tell me about your Rebels. So, um, we played Mercer. Mercer's terrible. So, I'll get that out of the way. I am I could couch this a hundred different ways. You, We won 73-7 to against Mercer. Yes, that's they're a terrible team. Just, just get that out of the way. We all know it. However, when you play terrible teams you can either play down to their level or you can beat the absolute breaks off of them. And so, despite the fact that we played Mercer and their poor level of competition, it actually made me feel good to see that they hung 73 points up because average teams uh, don't do that to bad teams. Good teams do that to bad teams. Uh, you look at the scoring margins this year, uh, this weekend, um, see, Notre Dame beat Navy 42-3. to Uh, Let's look at 
Tennessee over Virginia. That's power five. Let's not do that one. Um, where's the Alabama score? That's the one I was looking at a minute ago. Georgia forty-eight to seven over UT Martin. Um, Alabama, Alabama fifty-six like to seven. So, no, Ole Miss is not as good as Alabama, but they beat this team as bad as they could have possibly been beaten. If it wasn't for a fluke, oh, it wasn't a fluke. First play of the game for Mercer, they housed it seventy-five yards. The quarterback did, and blood squirted through my eyes. <laughs> But from that point forward, they only allowed 18 rushing yards the rest of the game after that 75-yard run. Jackson Dart was incredible. Pro Football Focus ranked him as the number one rated quarterback in week one this week. Uh, See, number two would have uh, been Blake Shapin, the quarterback that got injured at Baylor. J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Drew Aller at Penn State. Jalen Milrow, Alabama. Connor Wegman, A&M. DJ Uyunglele, uh, uh, little baby Tua, Dylan Gabriel, and Shadur Sanders ranked that. But Jackson Dart was the highest rated. Now, you go ahead and tell me that Mercer corners are terrible, and I'm going to say I don't care. So you can just go ahead and get that out of the way. I'm The only thing I'm going to say about Mercer is they're a top 20 FCS team. Yeah, they are. And I was really interested to see how they did against UAB or UNA last week. UNA played, last week. Because uh, UNA is coming into uh, Division One for the first time uh, this year. And so mm-hmm. I was really curious to see because Mercer is projected to be really good and they struggled with UNA. So, I think it was like 15-7 to seven or yeah, something, something was the like final. That. It was close. Yeah. But uh, in the game, Jackson <clears throat> Dart, 18 for 23 for 334 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, 96 QBR. And then Spencer Sanders came in the second half. 8 for 14, 134, two touchdowns. And Walker Howard got one drive, went 3 for 4 for 56 yards. Um, I was impressed. I was impressed as you could be for Mercer. I'm couching it. I get it. They're not that good of a team. Uh, But given the level of play that was displayed by Mercer – Ole Miss beat them as badly as they could. They could have lollygagged around. You know, I was at an Ole Miss game when they lost to Jacksonville State. I was at an Ole Miss game where they were losing at the half to Southeast Louisiana. It happens when you play teams that are very inferior to you and you take your foot off the gas. This team beat the ever-living dog crap out of this team, and it's the only way I could have possibly been impressed by Ole Miss is if they did exactly this. Yeah, for sure. I, again, I was impressed. Uh, Mercer is a good FCS team, an FCS team nonetheless, but a good FCS yeah, team. Of course. Shout uh, out Jackson Dart. He had a phenomenal game. He was efficient. Um, he was decisive. And yep. And nobody. And what was the injury report after the game? Uh, nobody got injured. However, nobody got hurt. That's the best part. However, we two of the players that I outlined last week in our podcast, uh, Caden Priestcorn the tight end from uh, Memphis and the wide receiver from UTSA. Neither one of them played because of injuries. Uh, they're both kind of warming up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Saw UTSA receiver uh, that I'm blanking on his name right now. I'm really... Uh, Zachary, Zachary Franklin. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. Um, Zachary Franklin. Zachary Franklin. was close. I, I forget names. Rusty just butchers them. That's him. I just make them up, man. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Zachary Franklin and Caden Priestcorn were out. Uh, Franklin started doing some light work 
agility drills this week, so I'm hoping um, maybe a week or two on ice and he can come back for the bulk of ACC play. This coming up week, though, is the first test for Ole Miss. And uh, they go two, two lane. Two lanes, a top 25 team. I think they're 24. Ole Miss jumped to 20 in the AP poll. So if you're just looking at polls, they're pretty comparable. Uh, the line started out at three and a half. Ole Miss is uh, road favorites. That line shot up quickly to seven and a half. Um, I think Ole Miss handles them. We're going to talk about yeah. that in a little bit, probably very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Mercer was what Mercer was. You beat the brakes off of a bad team. Good teams do that. Bad teams do not score 73 points on anybody. You, sir, are absolutely right. <clears throat> good teams, you know, good teams win, great teams cover. There wasn't a line on this game because it's an FCS game, but Ole Miss would have long, by far covered that yeah. game. The, 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 the uh, plus minus would not have been 66 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They covered that by a lot. So um, I've got to go yeah. to my other tab here in ESPN to find Mississippi State because they're not in the top 25. I've got no, to search yet. for SEC. So mm-hmm. give me a minute exactly. while I go down here to the bottom floors. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and get started, right? <laughs> Mississippi State had a slow start. You know, there's a lot of emotion in the pregame. They had a, a great video tribute. They retired the Mike Leach name and jersey before the game with his wife and son, grandkid, grandchild. And so they had a Mike Leach on the side. A lot of emotions pregame. And there was a new offensive system. A lot of factors in play here. So Mississippi State started slow. It was 3 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And like anybody, uh, I just scrolling through Twitter, anybody watching college football, and people were panicking. At halftime, it was 20-7, to and Mississippi State handled their business outscoring southeastern Louisiana 28 to nothing in the second half for a 48-7 to win. Yep. For the first time since 2019, we rushed for 300 yards. If you had said – Mississippi State had 300 yards of offense. Most people would have picked passing because that's what we've done for the last few years. Yeah, it was 298. Okay. <laughs> I, listen, anyway. Anyway. I'm not going to pick you, Rusty, but uh-huh. just, we're, this podcast is nothing if it's not accurate. <laughs> sure. Starting with your pronunciation of names. Pronunciation, and, and exactly. stickler for not rounding up on rushing mm-hmm. Woody Marks rushed for exactly 19 times for exactly 127 yards and two touchdowns. He had four catches, 59 yards, had a great game out of the backfield. He is going to be a great running back. It's also the first time we had a 100-yard rusher since 2019. Freshman Creed Whittemore and the Creed memes and songs, I love it. I'm here for it. How does a referee signal a touchdown for Creed Whittemore? With arms wide open. I'm here for it, man. Let's go. That was the third Creed I thought about. I yeah. was thinking Creed Bratton, and then yeah. Apollo Creed, and mm. then Creed. And these have all been flowing on Twitter. I tweeted out a picture of Creed Bratton dancing in a circle when he scored one. I've seen Apollo Creed, and then I, my favorite being, how do they score a touchdown with arms wide open? Yeah. But Creed well, Whittemore is a freshman. I know, man. Let's go. We need to get Creed to play at halftime or at Super Bulldog I'm weekend you something. What, be the only thing worse <laughs> than cowbells. <laughs> <laughs> but the connection is great. He's going to be a great, great slot receiver for us. He's wearing 85, like Mr. Reliable, Austin Williams, who graduated last year. He had a great couple. He had a rushing and a receiving touchdown. Right. I saw somebody said, is somebody half lit turned this game on, thought Austin Williams just scored a touchdown in his ninth (laughs) year of eligibility. (laughs) Um, But State had a very slow start. 
But we finished strong. Offensive line has to get better. Offensive play has to get better. You know, it's going it's going to. It's an evolving thing. We've got a new system. Kevin Barber is much more balanced. It's different than the air raid. Got a long way to go. Defense looked good outside of that one long touchdown drive. We had some poor tackling. They had some decent running lanes in the first half. We gave up less than 50 yards in the second half. Definitely put on the clamps in the second half. Secondary's got some growing up to do. It was nice to get a lot of those guys some playing time late in the second half. Isaac Smith got a lot of playing time in the second half at safety. Just, you know, definitely needing some experience. Um, There's a lot of potential on offense. There was a lot of wrinkles they put in, one being Mike Wright. You know, there's a lot of, you know, we did some new things but kept it very vanilla. But there's going to be a lot of things we can do with Mike Wright. For the people who are unaware, Mike Wright is the quarterback transfer from Vanderbilt who is very, very, very fast. Very fast. He had 95 yards rushing on Saturday, and we've got to keep scripting the plays. You know it's coming. They're setting it up with some passes down the road. Um, got to figure that out. But with that, in the packages we ran, and I, again, I recognize we're, we're being very, very you know vanilla. Um, Will Rogers at wide receiver is going to be a liability, right? You're playing offense with 10 players at that point, and then you That's hope he doesn't get hurt. stuff right there. You hope that he doesn't get hurt, that some corner, some cocky corner comes over and just decks him one time because he's eligible to be hit. Like, that's part of it. But Mike Wright finished with five carries for 95 yards. I mean, just gashing. That's a 19-yard average. Mike Wright is a fast human being. And so there's going to be some clamoring. If he comes in, he throws the ball effectively. He should be QB1. But Will Rogers needs 198 yards to move into fourth all-time. He's currently about seventh, but he can move up four positions to fourth all-time with 198 yards against Arizona. Pretty conservative that he'll get that. He's throwing the ball very effectively. It's just going to take some time. He knows his offense really well, but there was definitely some wrinkles and some bugs we're we're working out. Um, But we got to keep scripting plays for Mike Wright. Again, Woody Marks is a good SEC running back. He's going to have a big, big year. We've got a lot of potential. We also have a lot of tests coming up. Hot take, I feel more, I feel better about beating LSU than I do Alabama after week one. Now there's your bold take, I guess. But we got a lot of growing up and work to do. Yeah. I still stand by my prediction early, but there's going to be some growing pains this year. Arizona coming into town this weekend. We'll talk more about that That's in a few minutes. But, but I, I, overall, defense, has, defense can't play that bad. Secretary has to get better. Overall, I'm pleased with a 48 to seven win over another top 20 FCS team. Yeah, I mean, you shouldn't feel bad about you know unless it's competitive for part of the game. And it was, would you say, 20 to seven at the half ended up being 48 seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can nitpick if you want to, but given a new coach, a new scheme, a new offensive coordinator, uh, you expect a half. If you only have a half of rust or a half of you know, oiling up the the joints a little bit, then you're doing pretty good. Pretty good. So, again, a win's a win. State's 1-0. Zach Arnett is the only undefeated SEC head coach on his career. He is 2-0, beating Illinois in southeastern Louisiana. Say what you want, he's still 2-0. I guess so. All right. So, Drew, after week one, we saw – uh, some teams play. Give me your four teams that you, if you had to pick right now, give me your four teams that are in the college football playoff. Well, uh, along this goes along with what I said about Colorado. The way I'm going to approach this, I think it'll be more fun as we go along throughout the year. Uh, I'm not going to look at anything other than what I've seen so far. 
mm-hmm. week one. That's the only thing. I'm not looking at strength of schedule. I'm not looking at injuries or projecting anything at all. I'm just looking at what I saw last week. Okay? So the mm-hmm. four teams that impressed me the most are the four teams that I'm going to put in my college football playoff. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Colorado. Colorado was fun. They're fun to watch. You know, I watch a lot of uh, – uh, it's kind of like watching NFL for fantasy. You know, there's those mm-hmm. teams like the Chargers that's got fantasy weapons everywhere, and you just love to watch them because they're yep. fun. You don't care about their outcome, but there's aspects of the game that's fun to watch. Colorado will be fun to watch all year. I want to root for teams that are fun to watch. Um, number two, or number three, um, Ole Miss. They beat <laughs> 73-7. to seven. Of course. Uh, most, most, I'm just stating facts. Pro football focus, highest-ranked quarterback in the football. So, therefore, plus, you know, a simple addition here, number one quarterback in week one in football, plus no other game so far equal Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> logically. Yeah, logically. logically. Uh, uh, so, Ole Miss, number three. Only, We're nothing uh, if not logical on this podcast. Yeah, like I said, what I've seen this year – I just saw him beat the team by 67 points. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, number two, Oregon. You know why they're ranked higher than Ole Miss? Because they beat a team by 81 points. <laughs> Puddles <laughs> is dead. You know, it's, it's fitting that Puddles died on uh, a dove season. You know, they made a mistake, <laughs> got him a mallard. But uh, Puddles it. is dead. Mallard. You know, uh, they'll rally for Puddles just like Mississippi State rattled for Le- rallied for Leach last year. <laughs> That's bad. I'm sorry. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Don't care what their season schedule looks like the rest of the way. I'll have probably a whole new top four next week. Uh, yep. Number one, and I alluded to this earlier, is Florida State. Florida <laughs> yeah. State had the – it's the only, to my best of my recollection, the only top ten matchup this week. It was. And it's they, the only ranked matchup this week. Okay. Even better. The only ranked matchup that was also number five versus number nine, I think. Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Florida State just beat the brakes off of LSU in the second half of that football game. Jordan Travis looked incredible. Their receiver, number four, was incredible. The defensive line looked incredible. They really made LSU look like they were in a different class, and that's the defending SEC West champions. Um uh, I mean, yeah, SEC West champions, SEC championship game runner-up. Uh, so, I, I'm i as impressed after one week with Florida State that I think I could have possibly been by anybody else. Yep. Very good. Yeah, that's me. All right. <clears throat> Buckets, top four college football pl- uh, playoffs. Number four, your Mississippi State Bulldogs. Oh we pulled it out. We found a win. I'm doing the same thing. You stole my thunder. But you can't say, based on all the games you watched last year, that there there are only three teams that are better than Mississippi State. Based in on my humble, in my humble opinion, there are. We won 48 heart, to seven. In my humble heart, heart. <laughs> your Mississippi State Bulldogs, who were the 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 very first number one team in the college football playoffs, should be this week's number four that team, team in the lost college football playoffs. It did, and Alabama and Georgia Tech. If you listen, talking oh, about, you're talking, you're Georgia talking Tech about, just scored again. <laughs> uh, you're talking about finish, Ole Miss finishing bad down the stretch. That was Oof. that Mississippi State team took Woof. the cake that year, 2014. We won two games. We beat Vandy yeah. and Arkansas, and then uh, we lost to Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech rushed for 600 yards that night. You, believe, you believed, though, 
Had, had I did, man. I was all in, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're Mississippi State Bulldogs. You're number four team in the country. Number three. The Michigan Wolverines, they beat up on East Carolina 30-3. to The only reason it wasn't worse, they just called the dogs off, ran the ball. Michigan looked good. Pre Yeah, pre-Harbaugh. Pre-Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah, they throw, held oh, the four so up. It's so stupid. Like, self-imposed you realize self-imposed. And you're acting like he's been falsely imprisoned. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. I, miss me with that. You're the number, th- you're the number three team in my, in my yeah. list this week. Uh, but miss me with Michigan. Number two. University Gross. of Alabama. Oh. Jordan Milrow's going to be a problem. Like, a kid can play. He's, he's a good quarterback. Like, Alabama a with a running, he with a died, running quarterback man. is good. Yeah. I missed what I was saying. With Alabama, with a legit – like, Bryce Young could run, but he was a better passer. Um, they, they went – Alabama's uh, never had a quarterback that would run like this. Uh, except uh, he's the first one since Blake Sims. You know, Jalen Hurts could run, run but he could like, no, he could run a lot better than yeah. he could throw, and that's similar to what we have here. And I mean, Blake if you're Sims took him me far. Jalen Milrow is Blake Sims, and I'm betting the farm on Ole Miss next in, in three weeks. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> fair. We beat Blake Sims. Yeah, yeah. But Milrow can run. He's he's yeah, quick. Yeah. He's strong. He adds a whole other dynamic. You know, McClellan, if he can, if he could be the running back that they think he's going to be, he's going to. Alabama's going to be tough. Uh, Dallas Hunter can play some defense. You got Kool Aid, which is a great name. Kool Aid McKinstry uh, uh, patrolling, and we'll find out this week, right? Texas comes to town. We'll get into our our week two picks here in a few minutes. But Alabama's your number two team, number one team in the country. No surprise here. We've talked about this already. Florida State Seminoles. I'm like Drew. No team impressed me more in week one than Florida State. No team impressed me probably in any week ones outside of what Florida State did. They were in the only ranked matchup. They were in a primetime game on Monday night, and all they did was absolutely smack LSU in the mouth and dominate them on live national television. And LSU quit. I didn't talk about this much earlier, but that last, like, probably like five minutes, seven minutes of that fourth quarter, LSU quit, man. They had no fight. They had no drive. Like, they were they were beat dogs at that point. They could have called the game because they had absolutely quit. <clears throat> like, there was just no – there was just – they completely laid down and were done. Well, and they were – they were they tapped out. They, they didn't 100%. quit just because they didn't want to be there. They got home. Right. That's it, man. That's it for sure. So – Absolutely. Uh, that's our, 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 our sure-to-be-right college football playoff predictions. They're not going to change week to week. That's what we're going to stick with for the whole week. I'll put them on I'll Instagram. Yeah. I'll put them on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Who has the, the more accurate, say, though, better list? I think you need a, dis, a disclaimer here. I'm only basing this on one performance. I didn't put Ole Miss in there because I was – dang it, I'm putting Ole Miss in there. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. – that's not going to be my mode of operation this year. Mm-hmm. For anything, I'm not going to be a homer. I'm going to tell it how I feel like it is. Uh, but they did beat them 73 to seven in a week sure. where nobody played anybody other than Florida State. So, if you want context for our poll, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Is all I got to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Drew, get, all right, we're going to do this every week. You know, last week I made my picks and did horribly. So we're going to see how we can pick against one another and pick against the spread. I've got eight games here. We're going to roll through real quick. We're going to pick against the spread. Two games, uh, two ranked matchups all week is all it is. All weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Ole Miss and Tulane and Alabama playing Texas at Bryant-Denny. Yep, that's all we got. But we, I, I tried to pick – obviously I picked State and Ole Miss because we care about those games. I tried to pick the other games of substance. There wasn't a whole lot, so a couple no. of them – Week we'll two is normally worse than week one. Right. 
But starting first, you've already mentioned it. The University of Texas, horns down. Longhorns come and play at Bryant-Denny. Alabama is a seven-and-a-half point home favorite. Ooh. Drew, who are you taking? Seven-and-a-half? Um, ESPN's got it down to seven. I was. Oh, this is what, this is uh, per DraftKings. Shout-out okay, to Aaron Tim Murin. Okay. Uh, this is per DraftKings as of about 2 o'clock this afternoon. Give me Texas. Ooh. Texas should have beaten them last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder again, thinking about what could have been. I think that Texas team is good, and I'm just not. I know Jalen Milrose is an athlete. Um, I, I said last week, and I'll say it again, I think Alabama is more susceptible than ever this year because of the question at how well Milrow can – can throw the ball if he's being made to. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Quinn Ewers. Uh, I think the reverse Samson is going to happen here. He shaved the mullet. I think he's going to be better. <laughs> so go. give me give me uh, the points in, in in Texas. Hell hath no fury like Nick Saban scoring. Nick Saban has got a bone to pick this year with all of college football. I think Alabama is a much, much better home team. They almost lost on the road last year because that was probably their first true road game under Nick Saban. They have another big test in a couple of weeks where they play at South Florida for some unknown reason. But Alabama at home, seven-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Alabama can win this game by ten points purely by controlling the football, running it with Milrow and McClellan. Give me Alabama at home. I can see a a reality in which Alabama, given their running weapons and their their how their quarterback best performs, where they just choose to sit on people and play the time possession game and and, and so if you you win dry. the game ten to nothing, like right. you've won the game, you covered, you're right because I mean it's like and again Alabama running the football can bleed that clock for sure. All right, what you got next? Next up, uh, the Fighting Texas Aggies. Texas A and M is a four and a half point road favorite at. Miami. Did you see, speaking of Miami, real quick, while you think about your pick, what they're doing right now to try to generate turnout for home games? BOGO. If you buy certain tickets to the A&M game, they will give you tickets to Georgia Tech because there wasn't anybody in that stadium for opening week, man. So Texas was doing a cool thing. Did you see what Memphis was doing? Uh -uh. So if you bought a $40 ticket to Bethune-Cookman, the week one Mm -hmm. game, and Memphis won, that ticket becomes valid for game two. If they oh, win I did that see, game, yes, I did see this. It, yes. and as long as they keep winning the home games, that ticket continues to just be, it just keeps rolling over. It's, that was yep. real cool. Yeah, I, so. yeah. Shout out Memphis. That's really cool. That's a great way to, to generate interest. Memphis got a decent chance of being pretty good. Ryan Silverfield's got them headed in the right direction. We're not talking about Memphis, A and M, and Miami. A and M's going to kill them. They, uh, road favorite, home road, Iraq. Pacific Ocean aircraft carrier. I don't care. Texas A&M is going to beat them. And That's that says it. a lot because I don't believe ever in Texas A&M. But, but I then, believe even less in Miami. Until Miami's at least competitive in a big game, I will never bet on Miami. So I agree. Give me A&M. They're four and a half point road dog. I, they, I think they win this game handily. I think they found themselves a quarterback in Connor Wegman. They're, they, he's, he's a good quarterback. Um, but I still don't believe in him. But I believe they'll win this weekend. Yep. Next up, um, it's our biggest point spread that we're picking against, but it's also a upset Cinderella repeat. App State Mountaineers playing at the University of North Carolina. It was the oh, one I game we didn't get to earlier. No, I know. App State is playing at North Carolina. We didn't get to this game earlier. I, South Carolina's got some offensive line issues. That or North Carolina has got a killer defensive line. Maybe both. South Carolina's got some things to figure out before they play Georgia and State in a couple weeks. Anyway, App State 
plays at North Carolina in Chapel Hill, where North Carolina is a 19-point home favorite over the f- previous Giant Killers. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't pick. I don't like picking upsets. What'd you say the spread was? 19 points for North Carolina. Uh, I'm obviously not gonna. I wouldn't money line App State, but yeah, sure, I'll be fun. Let's uh. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Uh, you've already said App State's lost their offensive coordinator to Mississippi State. Uh, Mac Brown and North Carolina's going to boat race. I agree. I, I You know, I, I've been on this all day. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, can App State figure out a way to win this game? Absolutely not. Can they make it competitive? Sure. What I saw from Drake May, what I saw from that North Carolina defensive line, because we'll go back to that for a few minutes. Uh North Carolina's defense is going to be good. I think they're going to be a contender in the ACC, especially with Clemson being down. We don't like Duke beat them. Cool. Duke might be good. Florida State is going to boat race whoever they play in the ACC, but somebody's got to finish second. And I think it could be North Carolina. That defensive line looked good. Again, it may be a combination. South Carolina's offensive line was atrocious. When Spencer Rattler had time, he made plays. But North Carolina's defensive line absolutely got after. South Carolina, and I think they'll do the same against App State. I was going to be cute and trendy and pick this game, but App State is a giant killer. You know, last year, I think it was it was last year they went to College Station and beat Texas A&M. Um, they beat Michigan at the, at the big house. I don't think they can pull off the win at, at, at Chapel Hill. Give me North Carolina to cover 19 points as well. A bold strategy, Cotton. See how that works out for you. Yeah. That'll work so out moving for right. together. Yeah, moving right along, we have the Auburn Tigers, the Righteous Hugh Freeze, a six and a half point road favorite at Cal. The last team, SEC team, to go out and play Cal. Drew, who was it? Ole Miss. You, your Ole Miss Rebels lost. Dave Patterson, baby. The, this ain't that same Cal team. Cal's bad. Not a great offensive team. Auburn is a six and a half point favorite. Who you got? Six and a half point on the road. What time is the game? Um, it is a evening kick. I'll have to look and see exactly. Give me two seconds. Let's yeah, because that, that's what was always weird about when Ole Miss went and played out there is it was a nine like a nine thirty ten o'clock local kick. Uh, it is. It's ten thirty. You're right. Yeah, it's ten thirty. It, it's a hard game to go play based on just travel and mm-hmm. you know the time difference. Uh, you know. I mean, I guess typically, I, mean, I guess actually, you know, a 10:30 local game is like kick or a 10:30 game for us. It'd been like playing at 7:30 if they were playing in Auburn or 8:30 rather. Um, so it's a little later. Um, I'm not picking Hugh Freeze. Uh, give me, uh, give me the Cow Bears. Um, I don't really like either team, but yeah, I'm not picking Hugh Freeze. I mean, either uh, not this early the season. Are we going to so agree far, on everything? We've we've met, we've disagreed on one. Oh, I think no, we got no, a couple no, more coming up. Yeah, that, that we might disagree on. But uh, Auburn is not there yet. He, they they won their big their first big game. Cal was competitive with North Texas, but pulled it away late. So it makes me a little bit nervous. ESPN has Cal as a fifty four point nine percent chance to win this game. Oh wow! Um, they they had six hundred ninety nine yards of offense against North Texas, but it took all of that to win the game. Well, I'm I, taking Cal. Yeah, my pick. I feel smarter. Pick stands. All right. Next up in the SEC. I'm curious where we're going to go on this one. We've got Vandy at Wake Forest. Wake is a 10-point favorite. 
at Wake Forest. Who's the Wake Forest quarterback? It's not Sam Hartman because he no, transferred to Notre Dame. That's exactly what I was getting at. Um, and they've lost a lot. They they graduated. They had a lot of guys transfer out. Uh, they're not the same team that they had last year. Let's see. They beat Elon 37-17 in the opener. It looks like their quarterback is Mitch Griffiths. Shout out Mitch Griffiths. Was, He's a sophomore from Ashburn, Virginia. I was wondering if it was going to be like a transfer. That's why I was asking. Mm-hmm. You know, these days you mm-hmm. have to wonder. Um, right. So, Wake Forest – has Vandy their what was the line? Uh, Wake Forest is a ten point home favorite. Uh, give me Vanderbilt there. I think Ooh. Vanderbilt's quarterback is fine, very very serviceable, um, and I think they do a lot of things wrong by him. Uh, but they're not going to win this game. AJ Swan is his name. Uh. Last week he went 34-59 for 452 yards, uh, five touchdowns and a pick. Uh, a big game against Hawaii, uh, a big statistical game against Hawaii. So, uh, give me Vandy uh, and ten points, please, sir. Take a Wake Forest. Wake Forest is t- Vandy is just they're bad. They're they are not good on defense. They can't stop anybody, and they may score some points. But I'm taking Wake and the points at home. Yeah. All right, we got three more. We'll wind this thing up. SMU at Oklahoma. Oklahoma's a 15-and-a-half-point home favorite over future conference mate SMU. Uh, No. SMU is going to the ACC. Oh, that's right. ACC, that's right. That's yeah, right. That's right. In, yeah. Big 12 uh, now, ACC. You're right. Yeah. Uh, no, American now. Right. Come on. Oh, uh, for <sighs> like seven right there. Man. Um, Oklahoma beat the absolute dog crap. Out of Arkansas State <laughs> last week, as we said, made Butch Jones cry. Um, that says a lot about Arkansas State. And I'm wondering, you know, Oklahoma had a really bad year per their own standards last year. And so does Brent Venables right the ship this year? SMU is a talented team. It's a talented group of five team, but they are a group of five team. And they're playing in Norman. So give me the Sooners. Same. I was going to be cute, pick SMU, but after that debacle that happened in the first week, uh, Oklahoma beating up on Arkansas State, SMU comes into the game one and zero. You know, not a you know decent football team, I guess, but they're, they're no match for Oklahoma at home. Give me Oklahoma. Next up, the Ole Miss Rebels on the road are a seven point favorite at TCU. Yeah, so this one is tricky, and it's tricky because of. Um, you're playing on the road in New Orleans at 2:30 in September, and it is going to be—it's like—it's like being dumped into the crawfish boil. You know, that's what it's going to feel yeah. like in that stadium. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, Ole Miss play in North Mississippi. It's not that different. I mean, you got to remember—we just got off a week where it was like 103 every single day, yeah. and they were practicing, getting ready for Mercer and getting ready for the season. So, it's not the worst I'll tell you this uh, before I saw the Mercer game um, I thought this was a closer game Um, if you remember Tulane had a historic year last year Mm -hmm. they won the Cotton Bowl beating uh, USC in the Cotton Bowl the Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams uh, in the Cotton Bowl and they're coming off their coach stayed uh, despite 
uh, seemingly the rumors that he would go and take other things and just never panned out. Michael Pratt is a really good group of five quarterback. He's a solid quarterback. Uh, but last week, uh, he did get banged up and bruised his leg. And so he finished that game with an obvious limp. It's not anything that's going to keep him out of the game this week. Um, the line opened up at three. I was like, I was telling Rusty, uh, I think before the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. line opened up at three. It got hammered on Miss Betts, jumping it all the way up to seven and a half in some books. Uh, I don't think that Ole Miss is any worse than seven and a half points better than Tulane. I expect this to be a 14-17 to 17 point game, respectable, competitive, but in the end, uh, Ole Miss pulls away uh, and makes it a, you know, is able to take some knees at the end of the game to win it. Um, I just, I think that's the difference in the SEC and the American Conference, if I'm just being totally honest with you. What was the score of last year's game? Oh, shoot. When they came to Oxford, do you remember? Uh, I feel like it was close early. And no, it, they they ended up beating the brakes off of them because funny mm-hmm. story about that game as I'm Ole Miss 2022 football schedule. Okay. <laughs> um, my wife and I went to that game. So we found some good tickets online. It was a night game, and we were going to go, and she was in the terminal stages of pregnancy at that point. Uh, the uncomfortable. <laughs> the terminal stages. Yeah, the <laughs> uncomfortable stages of pregnancy. Uh, and so we had really good seats, and uh, no, that's not right. Uh, it was Toledo last year, Tulsa, not. Uh, oh, that's right, late. it was. That's right. Uh, we did play them. It may have been twenty-one, but uh, but anyways, I'll tell you this uh, Tulsa story then. <laughs> uh, we had a lightning delay. And my wife was just like, she's like, I can't sit on the ground in the concourse. It was packed. We're all in there. And so we went home. And then when we went home, uh, we got home before the game even kicked off. So we made a good decision. Yeah. Oh, the last time they played was 2021. Ole Miss won 61 to 21 in Oxford. I thought it was like a back-to-back home in a way, but it was spread apart. Yeah, that's it. Uh, And let's see. Michael Pratt was the quarterback in that game. Mm -hmm. 10 for 18, 166, and two touchdowns. Yep. Last time Ole Miss played at New Orleans was 2012. It was 39 to nothing win for the Ole Miss Rebels. The last time Tulane won, you have to go way back into the 80s for Ole Miss, for for a win for Tulane. Um, I don't think that they're going to win. I think the last time that Tulane won was 1987 in New Orleans. I don't think Tulane's going to win this game, and I don't know that they keep it any closer than seven, but. To be petty, you're picking. I'm going to take Ole Miss. I'm okay. going to take Ole Miss. I don't think Tulane's a seven-point close, especially after they – I mean, how can you? Ole Miss just go, hung 73 on an inferior opponent. I think they beat, they, well, they beat Tulane by more than seven. Let me just go ahead and say that I hope this is a six-point game in the fourth quarter and Ole Miss – and Rusty is rooting for Ole Miss to score. <laughs> <laughs> and last one of the day. The Arizona Wildcats come to Starville, play the Mississippi State Bulldogs, and Mississippi State is a nine-point home favorite. It's a 6.30 kickoff. It's actually going to be pleasant. I thought that the humidity was going to be a factor here, but it's actually going to be a nice weekend in Starville this weekend. Yeah, uh, give me Mississippi State on this. I don't trust yeah. Arizona – Arizona had a, a nice little run, semi-half-season run, with Taquan Marshall and Kevin Sumlin. Uh, and since then, they've just been trash, trash, mm-hmm. trash. Uh, the I did see a good – who is their head coach? 
Um, can you recall his name? He came <sighs> from the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I saw a, an interview that he did in which he walked in in week 12 of the NFL season and told Bill Belichick that he had been offered the Arizona head coaching job. It's Jed Fish is his Jed name. Fish. F-I-S-H-C. S-C-H. But here, I'm thing. not here to correct you. Same uh, thing. So he walked into uh, – into, um, oh, Belichick's office and said, I've been offered this job at my, my uh, at um, Arizona, been head football coach. Belichick said, well, are you going to take it? And he said, yes, I'm going to take it. And instead of being spiteful or anything else, he said, sit down. Uh, he got his phone out. He called Teddy Bruschi and Rob Gronkowski, both famous Arizona Wildcats mm-hmm. and uh, former New England Patriots, and sat down uh, on the phone with the three of them and had them lay out everything that was special about Arizona, all the talking points you need to know, just basically allowed him to do his homework in the middle of the NFL season that he was about to walk away from. Uh, And it's just, you know, everybody says Belichick's the greatest, even though you never see it. It's just another story of how Belichick is the greatest. 100%, yeah. But all that to say, Mississippi State's going to beat him by more than, what did you say, six? Nine. Nine. nine? Yeah, uh, State by nine. Yeah, I think think that that last year, 131-16, you know, very similar team coming back. We're running the ball well. We actually ran the ball really well that night against Arizona, and I think we do it again. State wins by 10-plus points. We got a chance. We got two breakers there, so we'll see how that goes for next week. Uncle Buck, you got any last closing thoughts on the week one college football extravaganza? No, not on week one. I think I've put a bow on every thought that I have. Uh, I'm looking forward to week two of the college football season, but I'd be lying to you if I if I didn't say that what I'm looking forward to the most is week one of the NFL kicking off tomorrow night. Lions and Chiefs, Thursday night football on Amazon Prime. I can't wait. Fantasy season's back. Uh, I plan on being back in my chair as quickly as I can after church on Sunday uh, to fight it out in fantasy and watch just a ton of NFL football. I can't wait. Uh, SEC college football will have its Saturday, but this weekend is about Sunday for me, uh, mainly because it's week one of the NFL and the college football slate is pretty weak. Yeah, it is. I agree. NFL's back. Fantasy football's back. I hope we get some Drewskis this year. That was a big, fun part of the podcast last year where we talk about our league. We give out awards. Drew's always done that for us. I think there's a lot of fun stuff coming up with that. And it is the best time of the year, man, because now we're going to have football every weekend for 19 straight weeks. So let, let's go. Football's back in full swing. I am fired up. Yep. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk about it with you next week on the podcast, Buckets. Um, in the meantime, I hope your fantasy football team is terrible. Hope Mississippi State <laughs> loses. Uh, go Rebs. Uh, go League of Avengers. Uh, <laughs> uh, that basically, uh, you know, basically – Tell your mama said, hey. <laughs> it covers all me. the bases. It covers right. it for me this week. So. All right. Look us up at the number two buck sports podcast on Instagram, Twitter, two buck sports podcast on Facebook. Interact. We love when our fans interact with us. Interact with our polls. Give us likes. Tell us where we got it right about your team, wrong about your team, where you disagree with us, the works. Just give us a like, comment, share it with a friend. We love to interact with y'all. Appreciate y'all being here with us, sticking with us this week in another jam-packed episode. Drew, appreciate you, buddy. Enjoyed it, man. Another good show.
Enjoyed it, Buckets. Looking forward to next week. See you guys. Bye, guys.